Hello again, friends, and welcome back to the Sco Show. My name is Mark Schofield. Back in the big chair for today, Tuesday, July 28th, 2020. Not our regular day, but coming back from vacation, which I'll touch on briefly here at the outset. Um, didn't get a chance to really record something on Sunday night. So I took Monday, recorded a show for you all, and what a Monday it was. And talk about that as well. Second half of the show, a little quality time. Rudy Reyes from the Rude Dog Show joins us. We talk some Steelers, some Patriots, some NFL storylines, and yes, the big storyline, which is where we'll begin in the first half of the show. But before we do that, your usual cavalcade of reminders, check out the work at places like Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Not one, not two, but three SB Nation websites. Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, and right here at Pat's Pulpit. And of course, Touchdown Wire, where... Doug Farrar and I are counting down our top 101. That's right, at the wire, we go to 101. A little spinal tap action. Players in the NFL, as well as our top 11 at each position. I've dropped all of my position rankings, except for quarterback, which will come out today. So people can yell at me about that on Twitter. But, as I said, we were off last week. A uh, little quality time with the family down on the Outer Banks for the week. A little socially distanced week at the beach. And it was legitimately uh, socially distanced to the point there was a guy that worked at the little resort hotel we stayed at um we rented an umbrella from him for every day while we were at the beach and he would set them up in the morning the guy would go out there like 6 30 in the morning and set up everybody's umbrella and those who had rented chairs from him uh chairs for the day incredible guy got to talk to him a little bit um used to run the lifeguards down at the outer banks really great guy and he would set them up like, you know, 15 feet apart from each other so everybody could be socially distanced. Everybody down there was wearing the masks and stuff. So it was good to see. Um, but it was good to sort of reset, recharge the batteries a bit, come back, get back to it Monday, and what a Monday it was. Now, yes, there was some news in terms of Jamar Smith and Brian Lewerke being released as the Patriots get down to 80 as required under the new agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA. But really, Monday was defined by... And I do want to talk about this for a bit. The reality of the moment. Because, like I'm sure many of you did on your Monday morning, I woke up, start checking the Twitter, see what I'm going to be doing during the day. And there's the news breaking about the Miami Marlins. Now, Major League Baseball, they get back to it over the weekend. It's good to see baseball games again. The cutouts are fun. The crowd noise is a little bit hit or miss. But it's just good to see games that count again. And some other sports have come back, Major League Soccer, um, the NWSL, the WNBA came back this weekend. And we're all sort of fingers crossed, waiting with bated breath for a shoe to drop. And it dropped with the Marlins, went up to 14 members of that organization, players and coaches and staff, tested positive for coronavirus, a handful of whom tested positive before they played in a game against the Philadelphia Phillies. And apparently they had a conversation via a group text chat and decided to play. And now some of their games have been canceled. They haven't even come back to Miami yet. Um, Baltimore was supposed to fly down there and play Miami in the Marlins' home opener. They're going to literally land, refuel, and head right back to Baltimore. Um, the Yankees and the Phillies were supposed to play, but because this happened in Philadelphia, that game's been uh, postponed is the technical term for it. And it's this massive shadow hanging over everything. And... To that end, we're here and now, as teams get ready to show up for training camp, 
players either opting out or being placed on the COVID-19 list. Now, as of right now, recording this show, seven players have decided to opt out. LDT, the right guard for the Kansas City Chiefs, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, he's a doctor practicing up in Canada. So he's opting out to stay practicing in Canada and literally helping on the front lines. But DeAnthony Thomas from Baltimore, he's opted out. Chase Warmack, offensive lineman for the Seahawks, he's opted out. Kayla Brantley has opted out. And now three Patriots players have opted out as well. Marcus Cannon, Danny Vitale, and Najee Turan. So you have two offensive linemen in the Superback and Danny Vitale opting out. We are also getting reports of players tested positive. 24 players have landed on the reserve slash COVID-19 list. Richie James, Justin Jefferson, among some of the names that have tested positive. And it sort of brings into stark reality the weight of the moment. And again, we all want football back, believe me. Kyle Brandt from uh, Good Morning Football had a tweet in the midst of the Marlins news breaking about how people in sports media and in football media seem to be rooting for the virus. And obviously there was some brushback to that tweet. And as I said on Twitter, it's not that we're rooting for the virus, those of us that talk about this. Because if the virus wins, there are people that will lose their jobs. And nobody wants that. And so we just want to see this done right. And so we hope for the best, but we hope the league is preparing for the worst in terms of what to do when players test positive. We're getting players and now veterans reported and getting tested. You probably saw on Twitter, Rams quarterback Jared Goff. Rams aren't hard knocks this year. He's getting his... COVID-19, the first of three tests done, and they've got the boom mic coming in the door to the trailer where he's being tested. These are strange and surreal times. Now, the thing that I sort of just wanted to end this little discussion on is this. We have to accept and understand that there are going to be players test positive that we know. You know, if you're listening to the show, you know the names, um, but we're talking household names are going to test positive for this. It is going to be a strange season. And we just have to hope that the league is ready for what's coming. The NFL had the benefit of going last. They're seeing what's happened with Major League Baseball. Perhaps some sort of modified type bubble might make sense because as this is happening with the Marlins, we're seeing MLS, zero positive tests in their last round. NWSL, they had some hiccups at the start, zero positive tests now. Hockey in their two hubs, they're having zero zero positive tests in their recent round of testing. And so maybe some sort of modified hub is the way to go in 2020. This is a different landscape. And the idea of having a full 16-game schedule, the idea of having the Seattle Seahawks fly cross-country to play the Miami Dolphins 
seems a little bit out of step with the reality of the moment. So maybe it's a scenario where you just have like eight regional hubs. You have one in the Northeast, one in the Southeast, you know, Upper Midwest, Bayou, mountain area, two in the Pacific, so maybe six or eight hubs, something like that. And you have like a modified 10-game schedule where you just realign things for a year. And so suddenly you're a Northeast hub, you've got Buffalo, you've got the Patriots, you've got the Jets, you've got the Giants, you've got Philly, you've got Baltimore, you've got Washington. There's your sort of Northeast division. And so you just group the teams sort of by region. Maybe you play all the teams in your region twice. And then you restructure the playoffs that way. It's going to be a weird year. And so minimizing things like travel might make a lot of sense. But it is what it is. These are strange times. We hope for the best. We prepare for the worst. That should be the old Boy Scout model at the NFL is trying to follow here. But enough of me. Up next, Rudy Rude Dog Rays of the Rude Dog Show. He comes on for some quality time. We're going to talk, like I said, some Steelers, some Pats, some storylines, some COVID stuff, and his Super Bowl prediction, which, as I told him, if he gets it wrong, we're just going to, it's July. You know, it's a weird year. But if he nails it, we're putting this bad boy on some billboards and letting him take some victory laps. So that's ahead here on episode 121 of the SCO Show. And welcome back to episode 121 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network, brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. It's time for some quality time. Got a great guest here, excited to talk to him. We'll talk some Steelers, we'll talk some Pats, we'll talk some NFL storylines and a little bit more. He's the host of The Rude Dog Show, which you can find at therudedogshow.com. You can find him on Twitter, at Rude Dog Reyes. He is Rudy Reyes. Rudy, buddy, how you doing? Hey. Well, I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? That's a question. I, <laughs> I, I'm doing well. These are certainly interesting times. And we were talking a little bit before the show about some, obviously, COVID-19 related news with the Miami Marlins. We're going to get to that in a bit. But let's start this on a positive note, Rudy. This has been a fantastic offseason. No shortage of storylines. So many great stories to look forward to with this upcoming NFL season. What are some of the most exciting storylines in your mind? You know, when you look at what happened with Tom Brady and the fact that he couldn't get a deal done with the New England Patriots, going over to play with an NFC foe, which seems to be closer to home for him than going all the way up to New England to play. I think it was, uh, I think it was something that was in the making, perhaps behind the scenes. But I think Tom Brady being there, wanting to be that guy to bring these, these Tampa Bay Bucks back up from where they were when they departed, uh, from their quarterback who threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns right. to Jameis Winston last year. It kind of makes you wonder uh, what this, you know, this going to be New England North, you know? <laughs> right. It's going to look a little bit different. Uh, but, of course, I, I think that that's a byproduct to the real the real story that, that's not being talked about is the fact that Rob Gronkowski came out of somewhat of a, a retirement. I don't know, unretire, retire. A lot of these players want to do it nowadays. Uh, and Rob decides to come back and start receiving passes from Tom Brady. I think the package there is obviously bar none, whereas the Patriots starting over, I think they're starting over only because they have Jason Stidham, uh, but then they acquired Cam Newton, and that in of itself kind of speaks volumes to what New England was really trying to accomplish is to keep maybe the essence of continually winning you know, back-to-back Super Bowls in perspective by acquiring Cam Newton. 
they got him basically for nothing, to be quite honest with you. Right. Uh, and I think overall, that's probably one of the biggest storylines is Cam coming to New England, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski now teaming up again, but this time in Bucks colors. And I'm sure fans are more than appreciative of what the organization is trying to accomplish. And of course, let's get back on the winning track uh, after having back to back to back to back. Well, I don't even know how many backs there are, but uh, seasons where they have been relatively irrelevant. Uh, and then, and then of course, uh, when you look at the, I, I think when you look at the new uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the fact that they haven't been in a Super Bowl in over 50 years and now come back to win their first one, it's been a long time coming. I think Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys that you look at and say, can he do it again? Do they have the tools? I think he has the ferocity. He obviously has the the money uh, that right. Kansas City has been trying to give to him. Uh, but what I think is is not really overlooked. Uh, and I think it's really being talked about that um, Mookie Betts in Major League Baseball decided to get a bigger contract uh, than uh, Patrick Mahomes did. So I don't know if right. guys are talking on Twitter or not. But, uh, you know, w- without dollars, it makes no sense. And I think it works for, for both these guys. So those are my two major storylines. And, of course, with, with, with the new CBA uh, that's been put into place, and, of course, uh, that's always going to be a caveat. We're talking about COVID-19 and how they had to make adjustments, legalities between them and the NFLPA, really trying to square things off and square it away in regards to being able to opt out. Major League Baseball players are opting out. NBA players have the ability to opt out. So why not Why not them? Uh, and then, obviously, you're talking about the Steelers who basically don't have anything to, get to, anything to lose because they've been coming back. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail. Yeah, and let's transition to the Steelers now because I did want to ask you some Steelers questions. A team near and dear to your heart. You've got the Steelers hat on right now, Rudy. How close was this team to making? You know, they were in the playoff hunt last year. How close were they to making that playoff run last year without Big Ben? And how important is it to have him back on the field in the year ahead? You know, when you, when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and you look at the body of work and, and how, how much they really wanted to, to get back there, look, without a starting quarterback that's already won two Super Bowls for you uh, with guys like Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph, it just kind of makes you wonder exactly where this team was and how Ben's injury really kind of threw them off the track. If you could just take Devlin Hodges and, and Mason Rudolph and kind of merge them together and then kind of mind meld uh, to get someone that looks like Ben Roethlisberger back on the field. That's what you would get, but you can't have two quarterbacks in the field in that manner. Uh, Ben's injury really hurt them severely, uh, but from things that I've heard, of course, me and Big Ben follow each other on, on Twitter, uh, a, a lot of things unfolding for him. He looks trimmer, slimmer. Uh, one thing about Ben Roethlisberger historically is that he has entered training camp a little bit overweight. Uh, I don't think that that's the case this year. I think from a personality standpoint, I think from a contractual standpoint, unless they decide and find a way to kind of move some money around, this could be the last one or two seasons uh, that you're going to see with Ben, Big Ben being the starting quarterback uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then again, it goes, it begs the question, who's the next man up? I don't know that it's Mason Rudolph. I certainly don't know if it's Devlin Hodges. Uh, so Ben, Ben being back for the 2020 season, if there is a season, right. uh, is certainly uh, obviously with COVID-19, you don't know what to expect, obviously. But I think Ben Roethlisberger is certainly one of those guys that is really hungry to get out there, make things happen, get things done, and get back in the postseason. 
and not just get back in the postseason, but get in Super Bowl conversation. Let me ask you about an acquisition on the defensive side of the wall. Mika Fitzpatrick, who sort of transitioned himself into one of the game's best deep safeties last year playing for Pittsburgh. How important was the acquisition of Fitzpatrick for this defense? You know, Mika Fitzpatrick, just absolutely on point, smart, funny, intelligent, had a chance to interview him at the 2018 NFL Draft. You, you like that tweet because Minka is one of those guys that uh, was playing out of position. Uh, he played in the nickel. He wasn't very comfortable playing the in that secondary for Miami. Uh, but I think more importantly, it was about Minka's attitude, what he was willing to try to do to, with that s- secondary in Miami, who's been absolutely almost dead to last for the last three to five years in regards to takeaways uh, and, and even sacks in a forced fumble situation. Uh, however, I think the highlight reel for Miami last year was the fact alone that they were able to beat New England with this long trick play. It's just, it just seems to be... I mean, just mind-blowing. I don't know how they got the ball downfield. And, and Rob Gronkowski failing at tackling as a game-winning tackle should should happen there. It just didn't right. work. But when you talk about Minka, um, it was a first-round pick. Ryan Clark even went on record on ESPN stating that this was a dumb pick. It was a horrible pick, and you should have never traded your first-round pick because you could have easily acquired a quarterback. Okay, that may be true. But the fact alone that Minka Fitzpatrick has been able to be the – the cog that just keeps his defense rolling uh, and really sparked them to be top top five, top ten, at least in my opinion, for defense last season in regards to takeaways and, and of course, a, a touchbacks uh, or, excuse me, touchdowns off of those, so almost like a pick-six situation. I think Mika Fitzpatrick is going to continue getting that much better. I think that uh, when you look at defensively for the Steelers, without having certain, certain components, uh, I think it's going to be a little bit interesting to try to see where these guys actually land. They did make some defensive acquisitions in the uh, 2020 NFL draft in Vegas. That was also affected by COVID-19 because I was in Vegas and had planned to attend that NFL draft. Oh, man. And uh, I wasn't very far away in in, in front of Nevada. Uh, But I think defensively, Steelers are going to get it done. I think Mika is going to look that much better. I think Joe Hayden has kind of taken – a little bit of that leadership role as he had done when he was in Cleveland. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, of course, uh, guys like Cam Cam Hayward is part of that linebacker rotation. Snubbed came in 84. 84th, man. Top 100. Come That's slow, man. That's yeah, low. That's super low. The guy's a leader. He's a beast. Uh, he gets everybody pumped up. Uh, he, he knows his drill. You know, he knows what he's got to do. He's had co-sacks. He's had sacks last year that, that were just difference makers. And I think it's just being overlooked by other players. And, of course, uh, number one on the list probably, and I didn't watch the whole entire list, but I think Patrick Mahomes probably in the top one, maybe top two between him and Lamar Jackson. But that's a whole other story for a different time. But um, I I think Mika Fitzpatrick means so much to this Steelers defense moving forward, at least for the foreseeable future. Rudy, what are your sort of overall expectations for for the Steelers here in 2020? I'm looking for a lot more pass rush. I, I, I look for a lot more defensive pressuring. I, I look for just being the continual ball hawk that I know Mika Fitzpatrick is, and for other guys to really kind of take notice uh, between, um, I mean, gosh, you got rid of Sean Davis. Sean Davis now playing. Of course, he didn't really fit in Pittsburgh anyway, having right. coming over from, from Maryland. Now he's, now he's hometown team with Washington Redskins, but I think that, uh, when you look at the takeaways, that needs to be a consistent theme. 
as well as pressures on quarterback, especially on the outside edge. If they can do that and they could be consistent in that or disguise it to a point where you're giving a quarterback false sense of security or a guard or a tackle, I, I think the Steelers themselves will find, them, uh, will find a better position defensively in order to make those pressures known when applicable or back off when also applicable. So I think Steelers defensively need to get it done offensively. That's a little bit of a different story. Why? Because Juju Smith-Schuster uh, came in last season as not having the amount of receptions, not the amount of touches that he was looking for. But then again, don't forget, the quarterback was not named Ben right. Roethlisberger under center. Uh, and, of course, there is no Antonio Brown, who's like third team removed from being in the NFL, who decided right. to retire. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's in the league or not right now, really. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he's been reinstated. But what's really interesting to take note of that, Martavis Bryant looking for reinstatement by the NFL, whether or not he served purpose or not to get back in and has done his penance. Don't forget, the guy just cannot stay away from, from drugs of some kind to some extent and some magnitude, but it's really hurt his career. As prolific as he was in a Steelers uniform, was still relatively decent in any other uniform that he's worn. But again, one of those things you really have to take into account. So I think offensively, Steelers need to give different looks. They have three quarterbacks on that active roster right now. Uh, they did make another acquisition in the offseason. I think James Conner is still number one. Uh, Jalen Samuels maybe even number two. I think training camp will be the prevailing wage in regards to who gets the first nod in regards to that rotation. So I think Steelers need to put pressure on opposing defenses, disguise passes, use a lot more tight end splits, uh, and, and really just become a lot more creative and ultimately on both sides of the ball. Special teams last year for them was absolutely phenomenal, but when people think about special teams, you're lucky to even get in. Are you that special? Right. Special teams? I don't know. Right. Uh, I think on, on, in different aspects, I, I think the Steelers certainly have their work cut out for them, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but one one player that I don't think is really being mentioned is Devin Bush. Linebacker, sideline yeah. to sideline guy. Uh, he's knowledgeable. He had tons of, tons of tackles, group tackles, solo tackles. The guy's a ball hawk. He knows where the ball needs to be. And, and he made his presence known up front next to guys like, you know, J.J. Watt, or T.J. Watt, excuse me. So, uh, and hopefully, of course, Steeler fans are really chomping at the bit away for me to say that J.J. Uh, Watt's going to come over and play right. for the Steelers. To have this trifecta uh, with Derek Watt as the, uh, I don't know, maybe the arbitrary fourth position and running back coming over from the Chargers in, in free agency. So we're going to see. We're going to see how the season plays out, if there, in fact, is a season. That is probably the ultimate question. We'll get to that in a second, Rudy. But this is a Patriots show, so I do have to ask. The Cam Newton acquisition by the New England Patriots, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Cam Newton's de facto week one starter, and do you think this Patriots offense can take a leap forward with him as their quarterback in 2020? You know, I, I really enjoyed Cam Newton's body work. Before he had that Liz Franck injury, he was absolutely on point. He was a monster. You get him out of the pocket, he's going to make you pay. You know, really good throwing on the run, 20-plus yard completion ratio, one of the highest in the NFL uh, during his heyday with Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron now, who's over right. in Washington, trying to handle this dumpster fire of an organization uh, to make some type of head, heads or tails out of it. But I think Cam Newton coming to New England, was probably the best thing, not only from a financial standpoint uh, when you're talking about New England and what they were willing to give up for Tom Brady, but Brady said, you know, I'm good. I want to be close to home. Cam Newton says, just give me an opportunity to play. Do I see Cam Newton as being the, the perennial starter? Absolutely. There is no way you make an acquisition like that 
and have him bench on the sideline for Jason Stidham. Right. Serious. And then Brian Hoyer getting getting the boot. You know, I, I just I, I think that Cam Newton is a week one starter. Uh, and of course, training camp is a determining factor with that. Does he have cohesion with, with the rest of his cast? They still have Julian Edelman. There's still some pieces there that they can put together. Uh, but the fact that Gronkowski did not make it back to New England, and now he's yeah, he passes from his buddy Tom Brady, certainly is going to give this, uh, uh, this New England offense a whole different look. Is it going to be run-friendly? I think that really depends on whether or not that's going to be the scheme or is it going to be pocket protection like it was for, for Brady under center. I think those two big questions remain to be seen, but there's anybody who can do it. It's, it's Bill Belichick and, and, and the mindset of, uh, of Daniels and how they can really kind of uh, pick up where they left off last season, you know, falling short, obviously, in the AFC Championship game against uh, Kansas City. But I think New England certainly needs to be looked at as more of a contender in the AFC East. And I, I, and to be quite honest with you, to be quite frank, they've been the contender in the AFC East for probably the last 10 to 15 years. So right. it doesn't, it wouldn't really surprise me to see them win the AFC East again, uh, right. especially since the New York Jets uh, got rid of their cornerback problems after he blasted Gase all over the place with Mace. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a poet and didn't know it, but right. uh, you know, there's just a lot of issues with, with the New York Jets consistently issues. Right. But then again, you look at you look at uh, you look at the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen coming off an absolutely strong seeing the Steelers at home. Yeah. Uh, and making their making their case to look, you know, we're we're on the march, we're on the lookout. But I think New England certainly on the roll when you're talking about uh, winning winning ways, but Belichick probably not gonna change from uh, two word answers uh, anytime soon. Uh, to get he makes it interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's just the way he is. That's just his personality. He was that way when he, when he, even when he was with Cleveland. So right. it doesn't really surprise for me to see him stay within character. But I think New England maybe won two in the AFC East and could ultimately win it. You know, Rudy, this has been a difficult year uh, for so many different reasons, and obviously the coronavirus we're we're dealing with that. You know, as a nation right now, as a, as a global community right now. But we're seeing it impact the sports world. And we're recording this on Monday. Miami Marlins, they have a team outbreak. Their their season, their home opener has been canceled. The Phillies game, who they've been playing, that game has been canceled for tonight. So I have to ask you this. Do you think the NFL is going to learn from other leagues? Do you think we're going to see a full NFL season, which is something we all want to see? Do you think that COVID-19 is going to have an impact on the NFL season as well? Well, I mean, obviously... You- COVID-19 has had an effect on absolutely everything, and including sports. When we're talking about sports in general, people are chomping at the bit, wondering what's going to happen with Major League Baseball, who's basically started all this off uh, in regards to what their season is going to look like, what the 60-game season, if they're going to have one. Uh, there, there's, there's so many variables. You can never really guess what's going to happen. The Marlins apparently had players detected that did have COVID despite that, and since they decided to play anyway... Uh, they found out that other people were also infected. So uh, I don't think the organization's doing anybody any justice in regards to sending the right message. I think they're sending the wrong message by not following certain protocols. So you look at the NBA, they've had very few. Why? Because they all kept in a bubble, isolated in one particular place in Orlando. Um, and very, very few out- outbreaks of, of, uh, of people getting it. But you have situations where people want to go outside and go to a strip club. 
yeah. Lou Williams, you know, obviously yeah. one of those guys that can't cannot have dollar bills in his pockets, you know, deciding right. deciding not to, you know, leave leave the bubble. So I think overall the NFL needs to really learn from the NBA in regards to how to keep track, monitor, uh, and to be able to keep players on the same exact page in regards to we we're talking about this from the onset of the show is to make sure that these young guys really get the understanding that this can affect everything moving forward. This can cancel, make, or break your season. Uh, whether right. or not they take it seriously is another story. I'm just really surprised about Lou Williams deciding right. uh, to make this uh, about him instead yeah. of making it about his teammates. So I think overall, um, the mistakes that are being said, that are being heard, that are being done, will will soon to be recognized and, of course, and uh, well, let's just say not of course, but hopefully understood uh, to be able to minimize any type of further outbreak regardless of what sporting league you you play in and that includes the nfl rudy fantastic stuff let me get you out of here on this and look it's the end of july so i'm not going to hold you to this unless you nail it if you nail it we're going to be blasting this all over twitter and facebook if you get this right here at the end of july but rudy sitting here right now your super bowl prediction for 2020 Oh man, that is so tough. I oh man, that's that's speculation at its best. I don't, right, you know, which is why I said, look, unless you nail it, nobody will nobody will hear. If you say, for example, Baltimore and the Rams, and neither one makes the playoffs, nobody will hear it. But if that's what you say, that is Super Bowl Fifty Five. We're putting this on billboards, my friend. <laughs> billboards all across New England. I got to see that one. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, to be quite honest with you, there is there there's so much at, at stake in every single division. Um, I'm going to say you're going to find New England uh, at, at the top of that list. Maybe an AFC a repeat of the AFC Championship game against Kansas City because Kansas City was firing all cylinders last year, to say the very least. At, at times, their pass rush was a little weak, uh, but I think that uh, with with certain guys in place uh, to help make that run a lot more. Uh, I don't know, a lot more consistent. I think you're going to find Kansas City back back in the big dance. Uh, but then again, they're going to have to go through a lot of teams in order to do that. Their schedule doesn't necessarily look extremely favorable like it did last year. And don't forget, New England's schedule also looked relatively yeah. gravy last year as well. Yeah. Uh, Steelers also looked pretty decent, but because they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger, those, those wins turned into losses really quick. So I'm going to say Steelers in the Super Bowl against um, – Oh my gosh! NFC is tough this year, man. NFC is tough. I know. It's one of the toughest, the toughest uh, between the NFC and the AFC. One of the toughest. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Steelers, um, NFC. Gosh, that is so tough. I'd hate to see a cross town rivalry between them and the Eagles. I don't know if the Eagles will get there quite yet. Uh, they still have some quarterback issues and some other problems they have to resolve. Uh, of course, always worried about Carson Wentz going down, getting smacked. Yeah the head and landing on his back and re-aggravating re that back injury. Um, but, gosh, NFC, that is so tough right now. I don't even know that I have an answer for an NFC team. But I'm going to say Steelers and, uh, and, and the Buccaneers. There we go. Little, little Bruce Arians going against his home team, Tom Brady, home Super Bowl for Tampa Bay. So you, you heard it here, folks. Steelers <laughs> Bucks in the Super Bowl. Unless, of course, it doesn't happen, in which case – Nobody will know, but if it does, we'll put this on billboards all across the country, coast to coast. Rudy, 
Fantastic stuff, man. Thanks for joining me. Let everybody know where they can find you, your show, and everything you got going right now. Oh, man. No, I appreciate you, Mark. Thanks for having me on. You guys can go to therudogshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I love talking football. I love giving my own opinions uh, on uh, at Rude Dog Reyes there. And, of course, I have podcasts on the Rude Dog Show. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of great guests. I also talk baseball, so NFL's gravy. But when you talk about baseball, sometimes for Jack Hartman, who was picked by the Pirates. Um, who are facing a one and two situation. That's a whole other animal all there. Uh, but otherwise, check it out. Love, love talking. Mark, thanks again, man. It's great being on the show. Oh, Rudy, thanks so much for coming on, spending some quality time with us, folks. That will do it for episode 121 of the SCO Show. I'll be back later this week. Until then, friends, please wash those hands. And when you do, sit along. Bless those Patriots' reigns. Down in Foxborough.